You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Senior Director of People for Southwest Airlines, Sherry Conaway embodies the principles of servant leadership. Sherry learned her leadership skills from the ground up, starting as a recruiter and then holding several different positions leading up to her current role. In her over 26 years at Southwest, her focus has always been on leading, guiding, and serving both external and internal customers. Sherry has over 30 years of human resource experience and has a passion for the airline industry and for Southwest. Today, Sherry gives us a crash course on culture, talent acquisition, and everything that goes into building high-performing teams. Great, welcome to another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. I'm extremely honored and excited to have Sherry Conway from Southwest Airlines here with us today. Sherry, welcome. Thank you so much. And look, I want to start off, uh, we won't get into all the, how we met because it's a very long story. It will be in the next book, which comes out, uh, Scaling Culture. <laughs> the story's in there. But I, I really just want to take a moment to thank you. Uh, since we've met, you've been so inspirational your counsel has been incredible for myself and our team, and, and we, I've, I've enjoyed every minute and learned so much. So I just wanted to personally thank you uh, for everything uh, that you do and, and how passionate you are about culture. Thank you. Well, it goes both ways, Ron. Um, I love the philosophy of scaling up and the mission that you guys have. It is very in line with Southwest Airlines and how you look at culture and how you continue to develop culture. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, and so look, we'll jump into it. You know, uh, Southwest Airlines is, what, I, from my perspective, my belief, one of the top companies on the planet that cares about culture. They get it right, that the equality of the pilots to frontline staff. I've just always been so impressed, and that's what connected us to the story. So before we dive in to how that all comes together and how it was how it was built, obviously let's chat about uh, the challenges and how Southwest and yourself are navigating through COVID. It's it, you're in one of the challenge, most challenging industries, so this is a time where obviously culture gets hit hard. And and uh, I'd love to, if you can walk us through what's happening and and how is Southwest navigating. Absolutely, uh, you're. Right. Aviation has been one of the hard, hardest hit. Um, we never saw this coming. Uh, we never expected this to come, to come, but we have seen, you know, when our folks are in the trenches, yeah. that's when they do their best. And um, we had to pivot quickly and be very agile to get people to work from home. Um, we had call centers that we had to get equipment and laptops within a two-week period, and we were able to get them home and work remotely so we can continue to support our customers. Um, and we just have seen some amazing stories, and people say, well, how do you keep up the culture when everybody's at home? And the creativeness that I have seen is unbelievable. Yeah, what have you seen? Um, tell us, tell some stories. So we we see a a lot of happy hours, virtual happy hours. We see scavenger hunts in people's homes. We've seen cooking shows. Wow. Um, we've seen craft shows. Um, just ways to keep people engaged 
And um, what's really been great is that we know our people. That's one of our values is to know your people, especially as a leader. But now we've really gotten to know our people. It's great when the kids run in and interrupt asking for Play-Doh. We've had that several times. It's great when the dogs and the cats interrupt, um, you know, cats walking across the camera. It's no big deal now, but we get to see people in their homes. Right. And that just gives us as leadership that extra value in knowing our people and knowing what their lives are like. You know, I kudos to those families out there with school age kids and um, our folks are warriors to be able to both homeschool and continue with their work. Um, and so the culture, I believe, in my eyes, has just really stayed intact, if not gotten better, um, because we've had to think outside the box. So, so I love this, and I have two or one clarifying question actually is you know, I remember reading the book, and, and I'm probably getting some of these details wrong, but when I think it was United or someone had dropped their pricing, and Herb Keller sent a memo and said, We're at war, we are at war. And I remember reading from frontline folks that put uh, bags in the planes that loaded the, the, the bags to pilots wore war paint to work. And I was just like, oh my God. And you know, when, it, when I was reading the book Nuts, I, I was so enthralled by this. Today, obviously, it's a larger company. And when you talk about, you know, what had happened and how you had to move so quickly, this is, I'll call that a pivot. You had to pivot. People are going home. Mm-hmm. How did you guys, today wasn't a memo. How, did, how do you push that communication out so quickly, so fast to, to everybody today? And it's funny, there's not a formal process. Mm -hmm. When you hire the right people for your culture and for the values that you are as a company, people just do. Right. And Herb said a long time ago that we do have a strategy. We get things done. Right. That's our strategy is that you go and you get things done. Yeah, because there's no playbook for what just happened. There isn't, there's not a policy procedure. It's just go. It's just go, you do. So we got people at home. We were asked to cut our budgets and what we could cut out, what we could stop doing. What was, um, what were the things we were doing to keep planes in the air? That was our focus. Mm -hmm. Everything we did was focused on keeping our planes in the air and keeping our people healthy. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, we came out with our promise to our customers to keep our customers safe as well. Mm-hmm. How we clean the airplanes, how, you know, our middle seats are blocked through the end of November. Um, it's just that commitment that we have uh, for our customers because our customers have always been our biggest fans. Uh, right. And yeah. so we're fans. just so lucky to have our fans. Mm. Um, and the other thing I saw, and I, I watch a lot of your posts and I saw a lot of Southwest and, and posts that you had posted and shared and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked as, as some companies were hitting the pause button on like, okay, we usually do these things, let's pause. I've, it's, it felt like Southwest leaned in and I would see employees showing like these bobblehead characters they got at home and these different packages they received. Was that something that always happened? They continue it or it looked like Southwest was leaning into these things to say, hey, we're doubling down. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We were doubling down. 
uh, to focus on our employees. I think people, they pulled out and made their home offices. So they pulled out some of their old memorabilia that they had oh, gotten cool. over the years. And uh, I even in my office at home, I have some hearts up there and um, it just makes you feel like you're at the office. Wow. And um, so just a way to stay connected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that everything that we do, we, we try to get creative and do with a zero budget um, because we just have to do that right now until people start flying again when they have that comfort or until we get a little bit of help uh, from yeah. the government again. Yeah. Um, so just waiting on a lot of things. You know, in some cases, I think people have a hard time connecting a direct return on investment with culture. We know it's through turnover. We know it's through satisfaction. And, and I think those who believe, believe, wow, the results really show for themselves. But then there's the other side. And the other side, you know, in this case, I know that your president, Gary Kelly, went out and said, hey, if anybody would like to retire early, it seemed like that was a message, uh, we'll allow you to do that. Um, you know, obviously this might be helpful to the company. And there was a big number of people that said, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to hang up my hat. And, and can you walk us through that? Because to me, it seemed like I, I don't know any other companies that, that what it looked like from the outside is people were, that was a very supportive move by internal employees saying, I'm so happy and I'll do what I have to to help this company and, and I'm okay. And, and thanks. It just seemed like it was, I was like, wow, this seems to be going very well. Can you walk us through that? Oh, absolutely. And we give a huge thanks to all of those. It was about 4,200 folks that took 4, the early early retirement. And we are so thankful that they made that decision uh, right. to help support the company. And that's how they felt, th- what they felt that decision was. It, I am doing this to help Southwest Airlines. Right. Um, it was a very attractive package. So we were so fortunate as a company to be able to offer that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does help our bottom line. And it, um, it's, been, it's been kind of a sad couple months as we see people walk yeah. out the door. Um, but I'm excited for them. There's somebody on my team. Her last day was this week. And she's opening up a bakery. So for the last 20 years, we have had the fruits of her labor. She'd bring in baked goods all the time. And we'd always say, Charmin, you need to open up a bakery. Well, this was her opportunity. She's doing it. This is a big ROI because, you know, I don't think companies, I I just don't see that playing out. I think most people are like, I'm not going anywhere. You owe me. I put my time in. This wasn't like that. This was, hey, I get it. Uh, you know, uh, I've put in my time, you, this company's given me so much, I can help them. And, and you know, uh, it just seemed like a, a beautiful ending to a career, weirdly enough, from, from mm-hmm. my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of great stories out there. And um, sometimes it's kind of hard to, to, to read Facebook, uh, because a lot of people are putting their stories on Facebook and, and the thanks that they give Southwest for such a marvelous career and, and able to do the things that they wanted to do, able to be themselves at work. Um, and you know, Ron, it all goes back to that we hire the right people with the right values for the right jobs. Uh, and that makes all the difference in the world is that it, it does start with those core values. You gotta know who you are as a company 
from the very beginning. And that's what Herb created from the very beginning with Colleen Barrett. Um, Herb's kind of the, the mastermind of the airline, but Colleen Barrett was certainly our heart and soul. Um, and they just ingrained those qualities into us. Um, we didn't necessarily write down all those values for many years. Um, it was probably about 15 years ago that we started to really write those down. Um, but it just is something that has been in our soul from day one. And you, you use the word ingrain even before it was written down. What, what did, you know, and of course I read the book, um, nuts and, and, and love the stories, but how did he ingrain it from your perspective, being an internal stakeholder? Mm -hmm. I think he, by being a servant leader mm -hmm. and leading by example and not taking himself too seriously. If you, if you ever saw or read stories about her, um, and just having that warrior spirit, uh, you know, those early days, were really tough. There are a lot of airlines that did not want us to, to fly at all and become an airline. And um, our folks, those original employees, they were the ones that really set the groundwork. They were the ones that made sure we were successful and they were the ones that led by example. So they really created our history, our heritage, and that's what we need to follow and that's what we need to continue to do for them. Um, because they started it for us. You know, we talked about the other day that COVID is a huge challenge. It is, and there is no doubt about it. But probably our biggest challenge was just getting off the ground back in the 70s to become an airline, because there were so many people that did not want us to be an airline. Um, you know, we started with three airplanes to three cities, and... Um, Barely made payroll many, many, many times. I think Herb probably wrote personal checks to make payroll. Uh, we bought a fourth airplane and, you know, published the schedule for four airplanes and then realized we couldn't afford that fourth airplane because we wouldn't make payroll. So they sold it. Okay. And they kept the schedule with three airplanes and created the 10-minute turn. Um, you can't do that now. It's really hard to do now. It's too complicated. But, um, you know, if it weren't for those original employees to create that history for us, we, we wouldn't be who we are today. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, again, from an outside perspective, when I read Nuts and I look at the story, from, from now, from back then to even now, you know, business pivots, strategies change, you know, the business landscape changes. But what hasn't seemed to waver was the culture. There seemed to be, that was like a hard line. We're going to find the right people, screen them properly, have them connect with our values, treat people right, and we're going to win. Absolutely. You know, and the, another Herb saying, there's so many out there, if you Google it, but he's always said that the business of business is people. We just happen to fly airplanes. Right. Um, you know, we, our focus is on our people, so our people can focus on our customers, and when our customers are happy and they fly, then our shareholders are happy which then makes our, our employees really happy. Um, so it's just um, a really great cycle that we have when you, and it, but it starts with taking care of your people and having the right people. So, so, so let's go to that too. What are some of the best strategies that Southwest implements to protect the culture 
today or, you know, during the hiring process or go to market mm -hmm. hiring onboarding. Let's talk about some of that stuff because you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like I said before is that it definitely, you have to know who you are as a company. That's where it starts. And when you know who you are as a company and you know what your core values are, that's when you can weave it into everything that you do on a daily basis. So when and, you sorry, know who sorry, you, when you say who you are, just for everyone listening, who, what you stand for, unpack who you are. Okay, happy to. And that's it's really easy because one of the things I wanted to talk about is that when you when you have these values, you have to communicate, 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 communicate those values and remind people all through their career about what the values are of your company. So there's three things that Southwest looks at, the me, we, and Southwest. This, this is what it takes to show up at Southwest Airlines. So for me, I'm responsible to show up and have pride, integrity, and humility. That's what I should do every day. Uh, my personal responsibility. So having pride, which is, you know, having a strong work ethic, taking initiative, being accountable. With integrity, we really want everybody to act like an owner. They you're own a, true a piece stakeholder of stuff. here, whether you're a yeah. shareholder or not, right? Love yeah, it. Yeah, doesn't doesn't matter what your job is. You own what you do, and you own the success of Southwest Airlines. Um, choose to do right. Um, always lean in towards the customer or lean in towards your employee. Um, be courageous. And then humility. And these are things we have written down. So I'll go over that. Yeah. But humility, yeah. don't take yourself too seriously. Keep perspective on things. You know, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, and, you know, people look at us and say, why do you have this last one? And what it is, is don't be a jerk. Just don't okay. be a jerk. Be nice. Um, and so then the other set of values or expectations that we have is we, how do, how do we treat each other? How do we work together as a team? So there's teamwork, honesty, and service with love. And that's practicing that civility, embrace team over self, uh, and be inclusive of one another. Um, honesty to speak up, be transparent, tell the truth. And service with love is really practice that hospitality, live by the golden rule, and don't be rude. Right. Um, and so, and you know, these are simple things. These are simple things to do. They're not hard. Um, and um, it's the things that we expect everybody to do every day. And then, you know, Southwest as a company takes some ownership. It's how we succeed is that we are efficient. We are disciplined and we expect excellence. So don't make the easy hard. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep yeah. costs low. Stay agile. And I read these and I think this is just exactly what we did with COVID. Be safe, be focused, be reliable, get results, win the right way, and go out and kick tail. That's was, what we want you to do. As 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 you're describing these things. It sounds like the perfect person that you want to have by your side on your team, on your tribe. And so, so once you get that right, then I assume the company doubles down and says, well, we need to protect the organization to make it, make sure anyone who comes in really aligns. And what mm -hmm. are some of the, the, the strategies that your 
talent acquisition folks use to make to ensure that they protect the culture that that and they do get alignment from those coming in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When when we are recruiting folks, um, I, I feel like you need to have a really good uh, career portal that gives a lot of information about what's expected if you were to join Southwest Airlines. And we want people to be able to make an informed decision because the interview really goes both ways. Um, And so when the interviews do occur, it's not just one single decision by one single person. There's always two people in the interview at least. And we ask questions, behavior-based questions that are focused on these attributes and these values. And just a quick question about the second person. Is that someone that has expertise and so they're kind of looking for expertise or not? It's just a second set of eyes. It could be another recruiter or it could be the hiring manager. Um, It could be a supervisor in that team. It could be a peer that's been trained on the interview process. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's been trained through the interview process on what to look for, how to ask questions, things like that. So, um, and we hire really tough and we don't just spill. I want to point out something you said, because I think that's a really important point is you said everyone's hired in the interview process and what to, or sorry, everyone's trained mm-hmm. in the interview process and what to look for. Most companies that just stays with HR, that just stays with talent acquisition, not a supervisor, not a, a, a colleague or coworker who's been doing this a long time. And I think that that is an incredibly powerful strategy that it, it you've broadened that to, to other individuals, not just because in some companies, they just say, no, HR does that. That's what HR mm-hmm. does. Would you agree? Is that, is that a good strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to have that other perspective because, you know, even in today's society, when we look at where we are with um, diversity and inclusion, you can't just have one biased interview because we're all human. We all have our own biases based on how we grew up, where we grew up, um, the family we grew up in. And so having a second opinion is crucial Right. that our recruiters should not be, you know, making decisions in a silo because they'll make decisions based on their bias. And so we want to make sure that there are multiple views in the interview process. I love that. I, I love. And, and then also on the, inter, just the interview form itself for our recruiters that take notes. I mean, they have each of these values on there to say, okay, did I see this? Did I see, you know, the, the things that are under me, the things that are under we, the things that are under Southwest, that they would live those values every day because they gave me specific examples of what they've done in the past. So they're guided too. So I've got, I can visually mm-hmm. see, I've got a guide to say, we, me, you know, Southwest. Mm-hmm. And that's excellent. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So from, from there. So we do the interview, you and I are conducting an interview and what happens next? So then, you know, after that they do, we do have a thorough background process because you know, we are an airline and one of our top priorities is to be safe. Uh, and to get the right folks. So once you get through the interview process, the onboarding, um, really, again, we send you information that will reiterate our values. Um, 
everybody that is hired goes through a new hire um, celebration on day one. So they, back in the normal days, when we were doing a lot of hiring, <laughs> it may look different after this, but, you know, everybody would come to Dallas um, for a, a Im- day of immersion of culture at Southwest. And, and, and question, question that when you say everyone, because you guys have a large unionized workforce. So, mm-hmm. so the onboarding, does that also encompass the union? Absolutely. I love that. Because Absolutely. I think some people don't look at it that way. They say, no, no, that's mm-hmm. the union. And this is an employee that's not under the union. So, so you guys, it's like, no, this is everyone is running the self, holding the Southwest flag, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. Sorry. It's because mm-hmm. we're a family. Right. We truly see it as a family. And so everybody does come to Dallas for that first day. And when they walk in, they have this new hire parade with music and employees lined up and the red carpet is rolled out. And they do get a full day. You know, there's the administrative things we have to do and paperwork we have to get and things like that. But when I talked about our heritage and our history, we want our new hires to know what it took to get us here and where we are today so that we can hold on to that. And they go through all of these values and talk to people and give them examples of what it looks like. And then these values, we also have these posted like at every drinking fountain. We have them posted on the wall. We, you know, we all have to wear an airline ID. We, we created a lanyard and a card that has them on there. And so it's just, when I say you have to communicate it, it needs to be everywhere. And then once you get into your career for performance management, um, we have these guidelines or these, these bumpers that we expect people to follow. And so it's, as a leader, it's fairly easy to say, Hey, don't be a jerk. Don't, you know, you need to be part of this team. You need to, you know, go through some of those values to say, this is what I saw, or this is what you do really well. Thank you for continuing to uphold these values every single day. Um, And then part of the performance management is also the skill and your duties and what you're supposed to be doing. But But, people want to know when they're doing a good job too. Right. But, but most companies don't bring culture into performance and it's gotta be a key strategy of yours to keep this alive, to keep performance and cultural performance and alignment celebrated and accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the conversation has to continue. Um, We, we definitely, that's why we have it everywhere. We remind people of it. And because when I say it's ingrained and woven into everything you do, we truly believe that you, we've got to remind people, we've got to lead that way. Um, And so we, we put it through even with the termination, if somebody's not following those values, we'll terminate for that as well. Uh, or as sometimes we say, we promote people to customer. Uh, so it <laughs> just that. sounds nicer. Sounds nicer. I don't, if I, but, yeah, the voice, I don't want to be a customer. I want to stay as an employee. <laughs> so, um, but it just, the great thing about this, that it, that it does give us guidelines and, and it gives us, that's why when things happen or conversations have to have to happen, 
I don't always have to go to my boss and say, hey, I'm going to do this. This is what's going on. There's not always that. I just know I need to do it um, as a leader and um, continue to hold those values and those traditions close uh, because that is what makes us successful. So I, I have a question about the transition because, you know, we always say cultures by default are design and it also comes from typically the senior leader, the founder. And so Herb Keller, without, mm-hmm. as to, to your point earlier, without writing them down, had a certain culture. He didn't take himself too seriously, came in on the motorcycle with the funky jackets and different things that he would do and put a smile on everyone's face. And so as he transitioned, you know, out of present CEO, and I believe there was a, mm-hmm. and I forget the name of who took over. Jim Parker. Jim, Jim Parker, Parker took over. And then Gary uh-huh. Kelly, correct? Or was uh-huh. there someone else? Okay. Nope, that was it. Yeah, so how did that happen? How, and, and did the culture change from CEO to CEO? The short answer is that the culture did not change at all. Wow. Um, because we, since that culture was started from day one, and it is, we all know that is what has made us successful. It has what has made us different. Um, it ha- it's what has made our employees happy. Um, I think if we had a new leader come in and try to change that, there would be a revolution uh, and it, it just wouldn't happen. Um, it just is something that is a part of Southwest Airlines and always will be. But you know, the, the, I just wrote down the, the key theme I believe here, which I think is incredibly important, is that the transition, if, if culture's taken seriously, the transition from CEO, founder, senior leader to employees, staff, stakeholder, once the transition happens, that, that will allow the culture to be sustainable right? Because once that happens, then you can't come in. Now the new leader doesn't have the weight anymore. And there'll be a revolt if, you know, the passive aggressive leader comes in and says, no, I'm going to run it my way. The, the culture's already set. It's, it's been trans, uh, transformed and transcended to, to everyone else. And then, then it's protected. Would that, yeah. be, would that work for Southwest? Not that you had passive aggressive leaders coming in, but <laughs> right. But it was right. already there. They couldn't have done it. They would have been ousted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not perfect. We've made some bad hires, uh, and, but it, it shows fairly quickly um, when someone does not live the Southwest way, if they don't show that servant le- leadership, uh, warrior spirit or fun loving attitude, it definitely shows quickly and they usually don't last very long. Right. Um, and so you know, with Jim Parker and Gary, they both had been with the company for quite some time. So, you know, they were already ingrained and they knew. And so um, I think that's why they were both successful. And, you know, obviously Gary continues to be successful. I just so admire his leadership and um, what he has led us through uh, over these last six, seven months. So yeah, that's incredible. And so, you know, cultures do evolve there. You know, I, from my experience, there's always like something in the culture that, that we're always working on, whether internally or externally with, with clients. What is it for Southwest? I mean, it's a challenging time. Where, where's the, like the thing that 
you really think about, Sherry, to say, you know, we, we, you know, this is a part of our culture we need to work on or what, what's next? I think what we, as we look at working remotely, um, I know our talent acquisition team is really focusing on to ensure that they continue to be that they continue to look and hire the right people um, with the right values to, to continue this. And so we have to look at that. We have to look at, you know, just how we stay engaged with our folks um, since we are, you know, looking at continuing this remote work. Um, for some people, this has really been a blessing. They've been able to maybe move and be closer to family and still, you know, be very productive and work. And so I think as a culture, we, or as a company and as leaders, especially, we definitely need to continue to keep that culture alive remotely. And, um, you know, continue, yeah, Halloween is, is coming up and we're all talking about it already because it was our biggest holiday, aside from Valentine's internally. Day, yes internally it was our biggest it, the whole office would shut down and if you ever flew on southwest on on halloween you would notice the gates were always decorated and our folks were always dressed up wow. so it's like well how are we going to do it this year with everybody working remote so um at least you yeah, have to worry about for, the masks everyone's already I know. <laughs> everybody's got them everybody's got them now but um you know our our culture committee uh, the company culture committee is working on how we're going to do that. Um, my team is working on what are we going to do just for, for my team? How are we going to celebrate that? And I think they've already got some things up their sleeves to, to do. So, um, you know, we've, we've got to be prepared. Next year is our 50th anniversary, which is amazing. And, you know, before COVID hit, uh, we had a lot of great things planned, um, but we've had to pivot and be agile. And so those plans have changed a bit, but we are still going to celebrate. Um, uh, that's a huge milestone, 50 years. So, well, one of the mess that, that's incredible and congratulations. But one of the messages I hear, hear you say when you're talking about, wow, how are we going to deal with Halloween? Is this collaborative stakeholder engagement, which is not, you know, it sounds crystal clear that it's not C-levels in the boardroom think, figuring this out. It's, oh, no. hey, team, how, what are we going to do? Let's have a discussion. Let's get everybody involved. Let's collaborate mm -hmm. together. I mean, it's just beautiful. Most companies don't do that. They think, I've got a C slash in front of my title. We'll figure this out for everybody. No, no. It's, it's, it's everybody. It's, you know, whether it's a ramp agent or a recruiter or – whoever it is, they're all engaged in it and, and they will figure it out. You know, our employees have come up over the years, they've come up with the best ideas uh, to make us successful. It hasn't been, you know, somebody sitting in an office because they don't do it every day. They don't do the work every day. So it's our employees that do it every day that we need to listen to because they know what they're doing. 
Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Sherry, uh, I want to thank you for your time. This has been an incredible conversation. I really, as always, enjoy our discussions. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on today and good luck with everything. And, and we'll be speaking shortly. Sounds good. Thank you so much. For more information about Sherry, or anything related to scaling culture, please see the show description for details. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest.